Welcome to the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shayla Toons-Withers. As a double board certified family and obesity medicine physician with over 12 years of experience in medicine, I teach motivated individuals how to achieve their desired quality of life while preventing and reversing chronic diseases. It's tea time. What part of your health journey is most challenging? Is it the actual effort of sticking to a plan? The cooking and the meal planning? The exercise routine? Not enough time for everything you think you need to do? Or the confusion of it all? If you said yes to any of these obstacles, then keep listening to learn how you can smash these problems just by checking your email. You check your email inbox every day already, but what if checking your inbox brought you better health instead of the stress it sometimes can bring? Well, I have news for you. You can improve your health, get a jump start on improving your health conditions, and start to feel like a better version of you just by checking your email inbox over the next five days when you join the free Nourish and Flourish five-day challenge. You'll get health tips, actionable videos, a goal and habit tracker, and healthy recipes every day for five days. Better health is the best investment you'll ever make, and this is only a small investment of your time. You have nothing to lose but everything to gain. The Nourish and Flourish 5-Day Challenge was designed to set the foundation for healthy habits for life. Say yes to yourself today and sign up now at drshayla.com forward slash NF challenge. I'll also place these details in the show notes. The essence of health is in you. See you in your inbox. On today's episode of the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast, I have a special guest. Dr. Anita Luwanga is an exercise physiologist, general internist, geriatrician, and assistant professor of general internal medicine at the University of Saskatchewan. Dr. Luwanga's mission is to provide compassionate and holistic care. She helps her patients optimize their diet, exercise, sleep, and medication so that they can stay healthy, active, and out of the hospital. Dr. Lawanga can be found on LinkedIn and on several social media platforms. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lawanga. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, same here. Now, I know, you know, when we've chatted before, part of your background is that you uh, are a gymnast, which I find is just really exciting that, a, you know, a medical doctor is also a gymnast. So with that background, what were some of the things that you incorporated at that time to maintain a healthy weight? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think the number one thing was just being extremely active. I think we used to train somewhere in between 16 to 20 hours per week. So oh, you can wow. imagine by the time you're training that much, you can probably get away with doing a few other things, not eating healthy all the time and still maintain a good weight. But I was lucky that the gym that I trained with uh, had a nutritionist come and talk to us. And they kind of told us, you know, these are the foods you should focus on if you want to maintain your energy levels. We talked about, you know, eating while you're working out so that we could, you know, sustain our energy levels during the whole training period. So that was very helpful. Other things that I found that were very helpful and I was kind of experimenting on myself were ensuring that I slept enough. 
I actually noticed, you know, my performance would suffer if I slept less than seven hours per day. And I'm like, oh, okay, sleep is important. So if I sleep more, I'm going to perform better. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about how sleep impacts us in terms of maintaining our weight later on. And another important thing um, that people who are athletes might know, but people who are not athletes might not know, is the addition of what we call conditioning or resistance training. In addition to what you do as an athlete um, in terms of your skills, you also have to do additional training to ensure you're strong enough to maintain those skills and also to support your body weight and ensure that you're not injured. But we did very basic things such as chin-ups, climbing the rope, uh, lunges, and we all hated those things, but you know, over time you'd notice how they improve your day-to-day -day performance. So those were the three things, eating well, sleeping enough, and resistance training. Yeah, yeah. You know, that makes a lot of sense. And also, like you said, you were so active at that time. So, you know, even if you had a you know bag of chips here and there, it didn't make so much of a difference because you were so active. And I don't know about folks that you see, but in my practice, a lot of times they'll say, well, I want to get back to that size I was in college, or I don't understand now why I haven't changed what I've eaten in years, but now I gain weight when I didn't before. And so I think even just those things that that you recognize that was different at those times make a big difference in maintaining that healthy weight. Absolutely. Yeah. And so now along your personal journey, what were some of the factors that may have contributed to your personal weight changes? And then at what point did it come to where you sought out a nutrition coach? That's a great question. I think the number one thing probably that contributed to me struggling with my weight was probably workplace-related stress. I think you can relate to this as a physician, and even non-physicians can relate to the stress that you go through, no matter what you're doing or just your day-to-day -day life. And a lot of us tend to use food to cope with our stress. So for me, I was like, I don't have time to cook breakfast, especially during residency. It's like you have to be in the mm -hmm. hospital at like six or seven in the morning. So you're lucky if you eat breakfast or, you, you know, you can find a Starbucks to swing by. Uh, my habit was like chocolate bars. I was like, I don't have time to eat. I'm going to put a chocolate bar in my pocket. And, you know, by the time it's 11 o'clock, you've had a couple of coffees and a chocolate bar. And that is really not setting you up for success that's like really setting you up for you know more insulin and caffeine spikes and then you want to eat more sugar and you keep going and you're more likely to make bad choices another one that I think was very important which I didn't recognize until a couple of months ago was lack of sleep when you don't sleep enough you're more likely to make poor food choices just because your mind is not working the same way on top of that, there are hormonal implications to not sleeping enough in terms of your weight. If you don't sleep enough, your cortisol levels remain elevated. And cortisol is an important hormone. It helps us get going at the beginning of the day. But if your cortisol remains elevated throughout the rest of the day, you have difficulties losing weight. You tend to retain water around the center of your body. And you're always in this fight or flight kind of stress mode. So your body thinks it needs more energy and you're going to keep eating. And your body also has more insulin resistance as your cortisol levels are high. And then another implication of not sleeping enough is that you have two hormones which don't reset. One is called ghrelin, and ghrelin is the hunger hormone. So your ghrelin levels remain elevated. You want to keep eating. And then your leptin, which is the hormone that makes you feel full, it remains low. So 
it's so important in terms of, you know, making sure you sleep enough. But during residency, you don't sleep enough. And then a lot of us get used to not sleeping enough, whether you're a physician or not. You think I have too many things to do. Seven hours, that's, you know, that's, that's a soft life. I don't have time for that. I got to hustle. And, you know, you're really, we're really setting ourselves up for, you know, having a difficult time losing weight. And just going back to this whole thing with sleep, I was talking to my brother and he's like, oh, I want to lose a little bit of weight. So I told him a bunch of different things and he's like, I'm just going to take sleep. Like he just, you know, through the diet, the workout One stuff, thing. you know, and I think he, he used to sleep like four or five hours and he thought he was functioning well. And I think he bumped it up to seven hours. In one month, he lost 11 pounds just by sleeping wow. alone. So that's, wow. that's yeah. really powerful how just sleeping can really change your weight. And then mm -hmm. I think the last thing that contributed to me having struggling with my weight was not cooking. I'm like, I don't have time to cook. And Starbucks or DoorDash, Uber Eats, all of those are my favorite. And the thing is that the food industry wants us to buy more food. So what do they do? They put substances in their food that make it more addictive, especially sugar. So you might not think there's a lot of sugar in some of the foods you're eating. You're like, I'm selecting the salad. Guess what they put in their salad dressing? Sugar. sugar. Or you select some kind of like, you know, wrap, all those barbecue sauces, everything. They're putting sugar. So you want to go back and eat more and more and more. So even if you're trying to be conscious of what they're, you know, what you're selecting when you eat out, in addition to the sugar, there's also salt. And salt makes you retain water and your weight will go up. So it's, it's, um, there's a lot of things, but for me, those were the main ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you say residency because it makes so much sense. I, I, I honestly feel like that's probably when I was most unhealthy <laughs> as a resident physician too. And I went through residency in from 2007 to 2010s. And so things like DoorDash and Uber Eats, those things, you know, didn't even exist at that time. So I recall, you know, in the evenings when you'd be there, and like you said, you probably hadn't eaten all day because you're so busy working. Or if you did, it was like a bar or a coffee or something of, of that nature. And then by the time you actually get to sit down and eat, everything's closed except you could get, you know, pizza delivery or uh, like, I think we had uh, like some kind of fast food hamburger joint in the hospital and that was it. <laughs> and those were your options and eating like that just multiple days a week because you're, you know, it was the time of the, the 40 hour shift and the 80 hour week. And so you really pretty much lived there and it was all of those habits, you know, will catch up to you with the poor eating and then the lack of sleep on top of that, then the stress on top of that, because you have all these other things going on. And then for many of us, even after we get past that point, we still don't We've, we've developed these bad habits, and so we still don't go beyond that because we still feel like, oh, well, I've got so much work to do, or I have this to do, or that to do, and, you know, you don't go to sleep, and I often find myself now, even when I coach clients, it's when they're telling me about these late-night cravings that they get, and I'm like, no. Think. let's break that down a little more and let's think about that. Were you really hungry? You probably were tired and your body was telling you to go to bed, but you felt like, you know, if you get this ice cream or this thing because you felt like you were craving that. So even those kinds of things and thinking about the more in depth of what's going on and why are you feeling that way, like you said, definitely makes a difference there. If you're frustrated with your weight, taking more medications than you like to, have been told that you are at risk for the development of a chronic preventable disease, or just are not feeling in the best of health, then I'm talking to you. Why? 
because you're tired of fat dieting. You know it's time for a change and you want a sustainable plan to improve your health. If you have found yourself at this place in life, well, I have developed a program that's just for you. It's called The Essence of Health and it's your prescription for transformation. My goal with this program is to give you the tools needed to create sustainable lifestyle changes within a group coaching setting, along with one-to-one individualized coaching to give you a personalized path to health that's just for you. The benefits are priceless, so join today. Head on over to eohcoaching.com to learn more. The essence of health is in you. And now, when you was working with the nutrition coach, what did you find that was most helpful to you beyond like the typical dieting process? Wow, that is a great question. There are so many things, but I think I'll say the top two would probably be like number one, having accountability. Because we think, even if we think, you know, we're pretty honest with ourselves, we have blinders. So I thought at baseline, I'm like, I eat pretty healthy. Okay, sure. Yeah. To other people, I eat pretty healthy. But, you know, once you have somebody saying, what did you eat this week? And then your weight doesn't budge. And they're like, okay, start writing down everything you ate. I gave you these instructions. Are you really following them? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm following them. And then I start writing it down. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I took a little bit of extra milk here. And it's just very small things. Or, oh, yeah, uh, I uh, added a little bit extra carbs than I, you know, was supposed to do. And just those small changes actually make a big difference. Or, oh, yeah, I work out. I work out. I, you know, I'm doing my my fasted cardio. And then you count how many days you went that week. You're like, oh, it's supposed to be one day instead of. And he gave me something like a minimum, like three days a week. And I'm like, I'm doing it. And, you know, you write it down. You're like, oh, one or two days, not even three days. So that accountability process and auditing and then, you know, going over that with somebody else, because even writing it down, you think you're okay, but when they point out small things like, oh, the milk you're taking, yeah, but do you know that kind of milk has extra sugar? Did you really take like the low calorie milk? You're like, oh, no, I I thought I'd be fine, but (laughs) no. And then as it accumulated, you know, the other part you probably didn't think about too, like, yeah, like I did this, you know, little thing, but yeah, you did it five days a week. So now it's multiplied. A hundred, a hundred percent. And then um, the sleep for me was huge. I don't think, I don't know how it was for you in medical school and residency. You kind of learn peripherally about, you know, the importance of exercise and the importance of diet, but we really don't talk about the importance of of sleep and I think it's also the culture of medicine it's like you're praised the less you sleep yeah like I agree yeah which is terrible yeah yeah like it's like you know you're supposed to do everything as a physician you're supposed to have this crazy life go out do this do that and come back and be fresh and be able to think and be able to write these tests without sleeping so just seeing the relationship in between sleep and also night shift working like the weeks I worked night shifts Oh, okay. Say if I was working out the way I was supposed to work out, I was eating properly, but I was, you know, having that shift in my schedule, my weight wouldn't budge. And then he'd be like, okay, so what happened? Let's review your sleep. Did you really get enough hours? And even if I did, just having that shift back and forth actually affected my body significantly. So I was like, okay, I have to read more about this. And I'd ask him, you know, is it really that important? He's like, yeah, like, you know, it really makes a big difference. So accountability and sleep are huge. 
Yeah. Yeah. And even you think back to those times where you were on call. So yeah, you know, you might've had, you know, a certain number of hours that you thought you had, but it was broken up because you had to answer the phone and, you know, return a call or do those things. Or even a lot, you know, I'll hear from moms because they have to get up with the baby. A baby may be waking up three or four times at night. So yeah, you might've, you know, went to bed at 10 and didn't really get up till, you know, six the next morning, but you really didn't get good sleep because it was broken up. And so that's a, you know, another important thing that I feel a lot of people miss too. Now, so going back into honing on in on food, what impact have you found that food itself has had on weight management, either with for yourself or for even those folks who you work with? Wow, I think food is so important. We really underestimate how important food is in maintaining our weight. And the coach that I worked with would say something like, I, I might be misquoting him, but like food is 90% of the equation. And his background is actually as a competitive athlete. He was a professional soccer player. And then thereafter, he went into bodybuilding and joined gyms. And he talks about like what inspired him to focus on nutrition. He was helping people train but their bodies weren't changing. And he'd noticed that they'd spend like, you know, come in six days per week, their body wasn't changing. So once he honed in on the nutrition, even if they're not working out very hard, their body would change. So I think for myself as well, I probably don't spend as much time as I should in the gym or working out, but just, you know, changing my nutrition has had such a huge impact. So in terms of very specific things, if we look at nutrition, Things such as avoiding a lot of high glycemic index foods. For myself, I have a sweet tooth. I don't know about you, whether you like, you know, sweets. I'm not but so much a sweet person. I'm, I'm more of like, if I go for a snack, it tends to be more salty kind of snack person. Ah, okay. I, I, I understand. Maybe like the <laughs> salted pretzels covered in chocolate, something like that. Or or chips. <laughs> just, just I would say chips. like, a, if I have to limit my kettle chip intake. <laughs> Ah, ah. Only oh. only kettle chips. I'm I am picky from from that standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's a, a sweet tooth. I, I can eat sweets all day. I'll eat sugar all day. But the problem with eating too much um, high glycemic index foods is that your body spikes insulin, and then if you're eating them at the end of the day, your body has nothing to do with that sugar. So guess what? You're gonna pack on the pounds. So in terms of the program that he put me on. If I'm eating high glycemic index foods, I'm limiting them to early in the day when I'm going to burn them. As the day goes on, I cut back on the, even things like fruits, high glycemic index fruits, I cut back on that. And then another thing that was also very important is eating enough protein to feel full. So in his program, he actually tells you the amount of portion of uh, protein you need to eat. And for me, I thought that was quite a large portion. And I'm like, how am I going to lose weight if I'm eating this much meat? But actually, eating enough protein helps you keep full. And your body needs that protein to maintain your muscle mass. And even just to build like things like your hair, your skin, your nails, you need protein. And another thing that I was also surprised about, but pleasantly surprised, is the amount of fat that he instructed me to eat. I eat fat with every meal, and it's like a good, healthy source of fat, such as avocado or nuts. But he told me, you know, it's so important to have fat with every meal so you feel full. So, you know, I, I, I grew up in like, I think the eighties, nineties, where it's like low fat, you know, high, like all those foods. So I was like, what? I get to eat like avocado. This is different, but it was so good because it's like sustainable and like, like very yeah. balanced in the way you're eating. So those were the three things just to repeat yeah. again, low glycemic index foods, uh, eating enough protein and eating enough fat. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you know, a lot of the problem with a lot of those low-fat things, especially the things that they, you know, advertise, oh, low-fat, and put, you know, slap it on the label, is that they then substitute that for sugar most of the time. <laughs> so, yeah, it may be low-fat, but then they've added a bunch of sugars because they want you to eat it, and they want it to taste good to you. So they've got to do something uh, <laughs> to make you still want it. But, yeah, and then that, you know, that also speaks, like you were saying, with the dietary changes that you made, how we're we're not all same. It's not always a one-size-fits-all and, you know, what may work for some may not work for other people. Um, And you really honing in on those things that worked, you know, for you, which sounds like, you know, was very helpful to you and which was important. And then also with the glycemic index, one of the things that I found that's been helpful with individuals I work with is to uh, have them use a continuous glucose monitor, especially if we think that uh, insulin resistance is, you know, playing a part in their weight and them being able to achieve a healthy weight. And even just seeing that, you know, it serves as an accountability piece, like what you talked about. So even, you know, seeing that when they eat certain things may spike their blood sugars higher than if they eat other foods that may, you know, help them to stay more at a steady state. Because yeah, that can play a part too, uh, also in that weight management. So yeah, thanks for, for sharing those things. And now, with that in mind, with all the different diet claims out there, what are some of the things that you recommend that folks differentiate, finding what may work for them and how they can actually use that food as fuel for themselves? That's a great question. I think one of the most important things when you're looking, say, at a program or working with a coach is to assess whether it's sustainable. I think it's so important to select somebody or select a plan that's sustainable that you can manage the rest of your life because whatever you do right now you're going to see the results in the months to come and then if you stop doing it and you go back to what you did before your body will go back to what it was before so you want to select a plan that you can live with for the rest of your life I think that's extremely important and select a coach that is able to work with you you know able to work with your schedule uh, and able to make something that as you were saying is customizable or fits your specific lifestyle and your specific challenges. And then um, I think another thing, going back to the question or the specific thing that you pointed out, using food as fuel. So if we look at our bodies, say, as something very valuable, like if you had a Ferrari, very expensive car, you're not going to put the cheap gas in it. You're not just going to say, oh, here's diesel. I'm going to put diesel in my car. No, you paid a lot of money for that car. You're going to pick the high-grade gas for sure. You're not going to pick any cheap old whatever, second-grade. No, you're going to pick the high-grade gas. So I think we need to look at our bodies the same way. These are very expensive, more than vehicles, and more valuable than vehicles, and we only have one body. So as we're selecting foods, we should think in that sense. I'm selecting foods to fuel my body, to give me energy to keep going, And you need that energy, not only to keep going now, but it's going to impact your future as well. So, you know, with that in mind, do you want to select the donut, which is not that high quality fuel? Or would you rather select, say, something like blueberries? They're high quality. Maybe, yes, they're more expensive than the donut. But it's not just about the impact on your body right now. It's about the impact in the future and the nutrients you're getting from that. Like donuts, I don't know about, I haven't studied them beyond maybe the calories and the fat, but I don't know how many different types of vitamins and minerals. And beyond that, there's something called phytochemicals. There are different nutrients that our body needs. So anything that's like green, blue, or has like different vibrant colors tends to be high in phytochemicals. 
I don't know unless they add those things to certain donuts, like, you know, a bougie kind of like high-end donut. That they <laughs> yeah. a, green, a green tea donut. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe green tea donut, I, you know, perhaps. <laughs> but you're more likely to get those high-quality nutrients from foods that are in their natural form. So, you know, really keep that in mind in terms of selecting foods that are in their natural form. And I, I've had somebody ask me, well, you know, life is so expensive right now with inflation. Like, what do you tell people when you're trying to advise them to eat natural food and it's so expensive. I agree, it is expensive, but again, looking at our body and looking at the impact, you know, if you eat unhealthy foods, you might not pay now, but you might pay in the future if you develop a condition like diabetes or heart failure. And, you know, you can shop around. You don't have to go to like Trader Joe's and, well, okay, Trader Joe's is okay, but I think Whole Foods, Whole Foods is the one that's super expensive. Yeah, yeah. And even with that, you know, I tell people a lot of times, it depends on what you're buying. If you're buying those whole unprocessed foods, it shouldn't be that expensive for you. You know, you can buy things in bulk, you can get beans, you can get oats, you can get brown rice, you know, all of those things you can get uh, pretty cheaply, typically less than $3 a pound in most places for those bulk, bulk foods. You can go to farmers markets. You can get you know, fresh vegetables for cheap from farmers markets. I have some folks you know, here. We have a lot of the uh, CSAs, the um, shared things, where they'll you know give you a whole box of, of fresh produce every week that you can get. Have and it comes from farms. Um, farmers will you know sell you this box of food. So there are ways of getting these things. Now, when we think about you know more of those kind of things that have been made from like vegetables, like your veggie burgers or uh, those more processed things. Yeah, those are going to cost you, you know, a lot more money. But most of us, we shouldn't, you know, be eating those things, especially not as a predominance of our diet anyway. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my favorite Aldi's, I remember when I was um, in Chicago, people would come in with their Whole Foods and Trader Joe's bag to Aldi's and put it, <laughs> Aldi's groceries. Right, but there's a, so, I mean, yeah. if it's going to bother you, grab your, your Whole Foods bag and go to Aldi's. You'll find good prices right. there or like even a farmer's market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And now, so you briefly mentioned cardio fasting. And so what other components have you found that are important when it comes to achieving and maintaining a healthy weight? Yeah, thank you for, you know, bringing that point back. Fast and cardio. So fast and cardio is a concept where you do your cardio first thing in the morning before you eat. And the reason you're doing that is because your body doesn't have a lot of glucose in it. So in that case, what it has left as a source of fuel is primarily fat. So the, as I mentioned, I eat most of my high glycemic index foods in the morning. So I have a chance to burn those foods as the day goes on. And then, of course, we go to sleep and our body will burn whatever is left in terms of fats or carbohydrates. There might still be a little bit of glucose stored in our liver and in our muscles. But if we wake up and start walking and there's a specific target heart rate where we maximize the fat that we're burning, and that target heart rate is about 50 to 70 percent of your heart rate max. And if you want to find that out, you can Google the formula or you can use your Fitbit or any kind of heart rate monitor. And then you need to walk for a minimum of 40 minutes and even up to 90 minutes. So the way our body burns fuel, initially in the first 20 minutes of working out, our body will use the glucose. And then as time goes on, especially around the 40, 45 minute mark, our body switches to burning fat. And the longer you go up to 90 minutes, your body's burning primarily fat. So if you've done that, even your high glucose foods in the morning, burned it throughout the day, then when you wake up in the morning, your body doesn't have much glucose left and it'll burn mostly fat. 
And you'll notice without working very hard, you're going to become quite toned because your body's burning that layer of fat on your body. So that's what I mean by faster cardio. And I think my coach recommended I do on like minimum three days a week. That's not a big commitment. If you can commit up to six days per week, you're going to really see a big difference in your body without spending hours at the gym. And another thing that my coach recommended, which I love, is pairing the fasted cardio with another activity that you do. For example, for him, he's a spiritual person. So he's like, I pray in the morning while I'm walking. He's like, I get amazing downloads. Um, if you are a spiritual person, you can try pray during that time. If you listen to podcasts, you can listen during that time. And imagine starting your day that way. You've already got your workout done. You've done something positive for your spirit or your mind. The rest of the day, whatever else happens, you're going to have a great day because you've done something for yourself. And I, I really also tell my um, patients to do that or even just friends who are interested in how to maximize um, their workouts and how to maximize fat burn to try this. Yeah, yeah. And that makes a lot of sense too, especially, like you said, doing something for yourself that first part of the day for a lot of us, you know, we get so busy as the day goes forth. And a lot of times that first part of the day really is the only part of the day you have control over. So yeah, that is, that's a great time to definitely get that workout in. And then like you said too, that makes sense with burning fat too, based upon the, you know, your caloric intake and what that has looked like uh, for you. Yeah, yeah. And so before you leave us, Dr. Luanga, what is, if you had just one tip that you would give someone who was looking to make a change towards a healthier weight and they were looking to do that, like right now, what's that one tip that you would share with them? That's a great question. And I think um, I like that question because all of this information could be so overwhelming and yeah. people just need like one simple step, like where do I start? So what I tell people um, is, and this is not something that I've said, I have to find out who who made this quote, but I like to tell everyone, if you're looking at food, ask yourself, does it fly? Does it walk? Does it swim? And did it grow that way? So a lot of the stuff, if you're looking at what you're having for breakfast, uh, my favorite Starbucks, I'm going to get one of those wraps, of course. But most of the stuff in there is not there. <laughs> it did not grow that way. It's not in its natural form. Maybe coffee, if I'm doing black coffee, it's pretty close to its natural form. But all the whipped cream, the other stuff we add, it's not in the natural form. But a more healthy breakfast would be, say, something like eggs with avocado. The avocado grew that way. The eggs came out of the chicken that way. That's, you know, very close to its natural form. And then if you want to add like sweet potatoes with the skin on, that's pretty close to its natural form or blueberries or some kind of fruit. That's a very balanced breakfast, very close to its natural form. So just making those small tweaks and asking yourself that simple question. Over time, you'll find yourself starting to enjoy the foods in their natural form. And when you start to eat those foods that are processed, you'll be like, oh, this doesn't Taste is good, but that's a very simple place to start. Yeah, and that's a great, definitely, I agree, definitely a great place to start, just cutting out those processed things and and just going more of those whole foods for sure, for sure. Thank you. And so how can my audience connect with you if they would like to learn more about what you do? Well, I, as you mentioned, I'm on all these social media sites, LinkedIn, it's Anita Lawanga, the last name is L-W-A-N-G-A. On Instagram, it's at LuangaMD. On Twitter, at LuangaMD as well. On TikTok, Dr. Luanga. 
and on YouTube, Dr. Lawanga as well. I think I'm most active on Instagram and LinkedIn lately. Um, the rest of the site's not as active, but at least if you want to get more nutrition tips, you can follow me there and just watch the different videos. And if you awesome. have any questions as well for your audience, um, they can feel free to DM me or, you know, uh, send a message and I'll try to answer those questions when I make videos in the future. Wonderful. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. And then I'll be sure to put all of those links uh, in the show notes. So audience, if you're listening, definitely take a look at the show notes so that you can connect with Dr. Lawanga. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Toons Withers. I really appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me. And I love what you're doing in terms of, you know, helping people have a more healthy lifestyle and like a more holistic lifestyle as well. I think it's awesome. Please keep sharing your knowledge and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast. Click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss a moment of the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast. Check out the show notes to obtain your free tips for healthy living guide to get you started on your health and wellness path. Follow me on social media at Essence of Health Wellness Clinic on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and at dr.tw at eohwc on TikTok. Interested in becoming a member of the Essence of Health Coaching Program? Well, head on over to www.eohcoaching.com. The Essence of Health is in you.